Hello, America and the rest of planet Earth. Welcome to the world's most idiosyncratic and thoughtful podcast with comedian entertainer Joey Tirado. A creature that gestates inside a living human host. Today is April 4th, 2020. Starting off this week's News of the Week segment, 300,000-plus people have contracted the coronavirus. If that was a city, it would be the 67th largest city in the U.S., as many people as there are living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania right now. So-called experts say we have not hit the peak spread of this disease yet. So don't let the missing my favorite escort or stripper blues get you down. Just keep banking that normally budgeted monthly allowance for the time being. Maybe buy a few shares of Google or Apple stock with it while the prices are within their target price point buy range. Remember, Warren Buffett made 99.9% of his current wealth after 50 years old. You can too. A half dozen or more coronavirus patients were delivered to the U.S. Navy hospital ship Comfort at Pier 90 in New York by mistake this week. This despite the fact it was stated over and over again in print and audio and video posts on TV and online that the medical ship was only treating non-COVID-19 patients in order to allow New York hospitals to focus on already coronavirus-infected people. Click your ruby red Dorothy heels together right now if this ridiculous event surprised any of you. If so, the yellow brick road on the way to the land of COVID-19 awaits you with open arms. There was some good news on the horizon regarding COVID-19. Fox host Laura Ingram interviewed the infectious disease specialist, Dr. Stephen Smith, who says, of his 72 patients who have been on a combination of hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin for four days or more, have not had to be intubated. That is, had a tube shoved down their throat and put on a ventilator in order to be able to breathe. They've also been recovering faster on average than non-treated patients. President Trump is cautiously behind the effort, but many snarky Reporters remain skeptical, if not downright condescending or even hostile to the president's seemingly promising, inexpensive, and readily available treatment option. Now, I'm no scientist, so the only thing I could think to say to the supercilious among us is... CNN also reporting this week that leading Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is signaling to Bernie Sanders, wink, wink, the other old guy in the race, that he is going to start vetting vice presidential candidates, starting with himself. Biden was overheard last week on a hot mic speculating out loud if maybe former President Obama would be interested in being the vice president this time around, but leading the country again 
with Biden being president in name only. This ever since Biden admitted telling his friends and closest advisors that the idea of actually being the president of the United States scares the malarkey out of him. 82% of Democrats are still hopeful Joe Biden will snap out of whatever walking coma he's currently in before the 2020 presidential debates begin sometime over late summer, early fall. CNN and other media outlets are reporting a war on obtaining masks between the United States and several European nations. Or as they are saying in France, la guerre des masques. Germany is accusing the United States of intercepting a supply of 200,000 masks headed for Berlin. 3M, the company maker of the masks, says they are unaware of any shipments being diverted. But they are nevertheless looking for promising leads with their extensive contacts in the German BDSM community who often wear masks to remain anonymous when, quote, filming private adult videos, end quote, in the lofts and warehouses of such world-class cities as Berlin and Munich. After all, head-to-toe leather-wearing gimps are people too. Graduating with low honors on this weekend's podcast, ultra-Richie parent Elizabeth Enriquez of Atherton, California, was sentenced to seven months in prison for paying almost half a million dollars in bribes to get her two daughters into prestigious schools, Northwestern University and Georgetown University. Her two surely uniquely cherubic and nubile kids cheated on five different SAT and ACT tests between them, being helped by proctors of the test who sat beside them and helped them get the right answers. Mrs. Enrique's defense via her lawyer was that she was a, quote, lonely, protective, and insecure woman with access to money, end quote, and a, quote, New England native uncomfortable with the demands of Silicon Valley society, end quote. Translated into English, the lawyer's rubbish means, Elizabeth was a woman who realized her daughters were not bright enough to compete fairly with other students and who also didn't want to lose her and her husband's reputations as co-masters of the universe living in a town, in a town that was recently voted the richest town in America. Do let us know how the near-meat pâté tastes in prison, will you, Elizabeth? I suspect you will be eating an awful lot of it. Graduating with low honors story two. Before covering this next story, I want to say that I am no hater, and I fully admit to being a bottom feeder myself. So in the interest of full disclosure, I recently signed up with OnlyFans.com to explore the possibility of making a few bucks off it. We shall see. With that said, our next story. If McDonald's, Starbucks, and several hotel chains have recently laid you off because of the 
coronavirus pandemic, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for you folks, but only if you are young, beautiful, and sure you do not want to jump back into the food and hotel industries once the pandemic is over, say for within the rest of your life. An article from vice.com online, of course, has revealed that almost 100 laid-off McDonald's workers have signed up for the popular porn cam website. In this case, ismygirl.com, a subscription-based adult entertainment platform to become <clears throat> models for the general porn public, porn viewing public, I shall say. No worries, these sites suggest almost anyone can become a millionaire way before turning 30 years old simply by flashing their bestest body parts that God and their parents bequeath them for a mere 60 to 80 hours a week of work for the camera. Way to look out for those young people's future careers, Vice. Not a coronavirus death story, but a sad story, no less. On top of everything, the granddaughter of Robert F. Kennedy, Maeve Kennedy Townsend McKean, along with her eight-year-old son Gideon, drowned falling out of a canoe in the Chesapeake Bay, trying to retrieve what's was probably a $3 kickball that bounced into the water off the lawn of the daughter's mother's bayside home on Thursday. Quite sad. The most important lesson for all of us here is a law degree, even one earned by a Kennedy family member, makes for a terrible life jacket out on rough open water. Please let the Small things go in life. God bless these two unfortunate and promising souls. Melancholy medley. Coronavirus attacks the music and sports worlds. It's hard to keep on top of all the loss America is experiencing now. But just to mention a couple of stories Gene Seymour, a film critic for the New York Times, wrote an article for CNN this weekend about the loss of several major jazz musicians, also country musicians that we've lost during the CV crisis. A couple, incidentally, and several as a result of the coronavirus. I'm a rock music guy myself, but I do respect jazz and country music and of course, the major influences they have been on rock music over time and pop music as well, and continue to have influence and blend. There were too many music greats in the article by Mr. Seymour for me to mention, but I will point out one particular uh, star, country star, that he mentioned a guy named Joe Diffie who passed away at 61 years old from CV, far too young in this humble drummer's book. Joe Diffie wrote a country song, a couple country songs, back in the 90s, one called Pickup Man, and the other 
Prop me up beside the jukebox if I die. Both available, I'm sure, from iTunes and YouTube. Take a listen for Country Joe, you never know. The great jukebox in the sky could be calling you home much sooner than you think. Another CV victim, NFL legend, kicker, Tom Dempsey, died as a result of coronavirus in a retirement, a.k.a. a nursing home in New Orleans. Past few days. A sad side note, Mr. Dempsey revealed he started battling dementia when he was 65 years old in 2012. Born with missing fingers, missing toes, suffering from dementia, and finally succumbing to the coronavirus. Talk about being dealt a bad hand in life. Nevertheless, Mr. Dempsey still is tied for the second longest field goal in NFL history at 63 yards. God bless you, sir, and rest in peace. The Love Chase Part 2, continuing with my insightful commentary on affairs of the heart, or for you Frenchies, les histoires de cœur. I'd like to read to you all an inscription given to me at the tender age of 28. Christmas, 1993. For you, Joe, the greatest story of love ever. For my greatest love, Marie. This was handwritten from an ex of mine, Marie. Of course, from the inside cover of a small book, The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. This is one way how a God-fearing moral man like myself begins to lose his faith in love and the fairer sex and ends up chasing strippers in gentlemen clubs. What can I say? This is where Western civilization is today in 2020, rubbing out orgasms to tawdry text messages. Coronavirus only putting an exclamation point on that cultural zeitgeist of America. For those of you who have bravely resisted using dating apps or have already found your lifelong love, congratulations. Perhaps you're still curious, though, to know how your grandkids are finding love and romance in their lives. Well, let me help you out. I signed up for two of the most popular dating apps out there two days ago, mainly because the strip clubs are all closed across America and a single vibrant man has to do something to vent his need for female companionship. Yes, America, I gave in to my tender feelings. <laughs> now, before you judge me, laugh, scoff, or damn me to hell forever, I only signed up for one month, which is when this self-imposed, self-quarantine, self-exile is supposed to end, according to President Trump, on April 30th. I'm hoping I will be cut loose after that. 
Mayor Turner and Governor Abbott, as much as I think they're probably swell guys in non-political life, I am not going to hold up for the rest of my life, fellas, just because a tiny critter with spiky hair and a penchant for swimming through nose phlegm and eye juice wants to take over the world. Anyway, on Tinder so far, I've managed to text what I think was one legitimate woman. I got two likes, maybe three so far, and I found two catfishers already. Now, catfishers, for those of you who don't know, are folks who aren't who they say they are online, are 99.99% not women, and try to get you to verify yourself. (laughs) Oh my God, it's hard not to laugh. Basically, prove who you are, prove that you are serious and that you are safe. And they refer you to a third-party website where you are supposed to pull out your credit card. Of course. (laughs) Too much. Anyways, that was my experience, has been my experience so far on Tinder. The other dating app is an app I had in the past. I very reluctantly decided to upgrade that app, OkCupid, because there were 30 likes there and I just had to find out who they were. Well, you know the story, what happened. Half of those likes were men. Three were from somewhere in Asia. Three of the women, Philippines and Taiwan, so you know how realistic that opportunity was going to be. The rest outside of Texas. I got to tell you, OkCupid is great for single guys looking for hot women. In these last two weeks, I've had more men over the age of 60 like me than I've ever had in my previous 54 years of life on this planet. Thank you, Silicon Valley, for meeting my deepest human needs as your marketing pop-up advertisements promised. So far, I've spent $40 over the last two days on these dating apps. But hey, I've chased worst, worst, worse windmills than that. A final thought about the love chase. I'm sure some of you have had this experience. The question is, why do exes come back when their fantasy dream partner doesn't turn out to be as awesome as they previously thought? Well, friends, let me tell you. There's actually a centuries-old, highly regarded, peer-reviewed scientific theory that explains this fascinating phenomenon. And it goes something like this. People, including myself, are idiots. Full stop. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day. And until next time, this is Joey Toronto signing off.